This is Financial Wellness Radio with Rob Burnett and Lori Gross from Outlook Financial Center. When a part of your financial strategy is out of tune, your long-term goals, your retirement savings, and your legacy can all suffer. With many years of experience in the financial industry, Rob and Lori provide their clients and prospects with the information they need regarding Social Security, Retirement Income Planning, Wealth Management, and much more. Listen in as we address your financial concerns and provide helpful solutions to put you on the path to achieving your retirement goals. And now here is Rob Burnett and Lori Gross on Financial Wellness Radio. Welcome to Financial Wellness Radio. I'm Rob Burnett from the Outlook Financial Center, and I want to thank everyone who's listening to us live or on our podcast or streaming on Troy Community Radio, WTJN 107.1 FM. And joining me in the studio today is our lead financial advisor and planner in the Troy office, Lori Gross. Good morning, Lori. Good morning, Rob. I'm almost awake this morning. Almost awake. Okay, perfect. So that means two of us. So two of us almost awake means one person's here, right? Yes, at least. So that way our awesome co-host, Mr. Tony Shore, will have someone to speak with. Good morning, Tony. Yeah, I'm alive and awake. I'm excited. Awesome. I've had 50, 60 cups of coffee and I'm ready for the day. <laughs> well, we've had a change in the coffee consumption here. It's a little oh. scary. Uh-oh. Yeah. Uh, last blood pressure check I got, it was a little higher than my doctor would like. Yeah. All I did was change from regular coffee to decaf and I dropped it almost 20 points. Wow. That's amazing. Now I drank a lot of coffee. Mm -hmm. I could clear a pot all by myself. That's what easily, easily. Yeah. So it's, it's probably a good thing. Yeah. That's, you got to cut back. Yeah. Everything in moderation. Everybody keeps telling me that. Yeah. That's the key though. Moderation. There you go. So anyway, but everything's good here. Good. Well, that's great. Uh, Lori and Rob, you're both doing good. Sounds like you're both busy. I've been busy myself. Uh, It's just a a busy time of year, I think, for all of us Uh, in the radio and the finance world, right? I mean, this this is when it all happens, isn't it? It sure is. Yeah, a lot of activity this time of year, uh, end of year planning, people trying to figure out what they're going to do. Uh, set up for next year. So it's, yeah, it's a busy time. And and with college right now, uh, parents are uh, ripping their hair out, trying to figure out how to fill out all those <laughs> forms. And, and it's, it's just that time of year. Exactly right. So I have a question for you and see if you know the answer to this one. So my son is just, you know, he started this year in his second year of college, right? Mm-hmm. So he's in his second year now. Uh, do we, we don't have to, once you filled out the FAFSA, you don't have to fill it out again every year, do you? Every year. Yes. You have every to resubmit yes. it every year? Yes. Oh, okay. Because yeah, no the thing is available. And it's, it's, he just burst his bubble big time. Yeah. Sorry, Tony. I didn't mean to do that to you. But the reason you do that is there are some scholarships that only are available to upperclassmen. And you can't get those. You haven't filled out your FAFSA. Ah, all right. Okay. I mean, you couldn't Makes apply sense. for them as fr- incoming freshmen. They're just simply not available. Right, right. I understand that there are scholarships as the years go on, but I didn't know if they could just use the same FAFSA information or not. So. Nope. And you'll you'll certainly if you have two children in college, then it changes the entire dynamic. It does. It does. Are, mm-hmm. Is that something we're going to talk about today? Or are you going to explain that one to me right now? No, no we're not going to talk about the day. I'm not going to explain <laughs> to you right now. But that's that could be the topic for another show because okay. multiple kids in college, the, the calculations all change. 
Yeah, okay, let's I've just got worry a, about one right now. Because <laughs> I've got a second one that's going to be ready here in a year or two. So, well, hey, uh, that I didn't mean to get us off track, but I know we are talking about college planning today, right? Absolutely. So uh, the the question is is really in line with our topic today, and what we really want to do is we we started talking about this last week. We talked about how to have that successful and affordable college experience. And last week we talked about you know, what you don't know can cost you tens or hundreds of thousands of dollars over the next 30 years. And I just gave you one, Tony, not knowing that could cost you some money. Yeah, that's true. So, yeah, we also talk about the, the deer in the headlights look when we get uh, parents coming out of a FAFSA preparation meeting. Here's how to fill out the form. And they just walk out. I'm convinced they're more confused when they walk out than when they walked in. I really am. And Department of Education, 75%, they tell us, of all applications of FAFSAs have mistakes in them. That mistakes could be costly, and it's already an expensive process, so you really don't need to pile on extra expense because you don't fill out a form correctly. So what we want to focus on today is uh, some facts surrounding the way college educations are paid for and steps both parents and students can take to make getting college or getting a college degree more affordable. Huh. Well, I'm glad we're going to continue talking about this. I know we started a bit last week and we learned a lot about some of the non-financial aspects of preparing for college in addition uh, to some tips you gave us on how we can actually pay for it, which is uh, what most of us parents are concerned about. And uh, the expense of paying for college, it, it just it gives us a lot of anxiety as parents. So um, with one already in college and I've got two more to follow, I can relate to this topic. And with so much to cover, where are you going to start today, Lori? Well, let, let's start with a broad overview of student debt in the United States. Uh, Tony, student loan debt is the second biggest source of household debt following mortgages. And on an individual basis, Americans have more student loan debt than credit card or auto loan debt. Um, about 70% of college students graduate with a large amount of student loan debt, and one in four American adults are still paying off their student loans. Um, there's about 44.2 million borrowers who owe $1.5 trillion in student loan debt in the United States alone. And since 2008, that student loan debt has tripled to nearly $1.5 trillion. So um, that's just since 2008. So to put this into perspective for you, student loan debt is about $600 billion more than the total uh, U.S. credit card debt oh. that we have out there. So we hear so much about credit card debt and how mm -hmm. much Americans have in credit card debt, but student loan debt is worse. I, I had no idea. I knew it was a big problem and a crisis, but uh, I I'd never heard it put in context with other things like that in a family budget. And I read somewhere that some college graduates have so much debt that they have to wait longer to buy their first home. People aren't buying homes as soon, right? That's true, Tony. And as, as a society, we're seeing a, a wide range of impacts based on this issue. Uh, as you said, recent college graduates are waiting longer also to get married. They're waiting longer to have children. They're more conservative financially because they grew up witnessing the 2008 and some of the financial crises that the country went through. A lot of them, though, you know, and with this college debt explosion, have been calling for free education or a widespread forgiveness of their student loans. Now, that's really great for the student, but the financial ramifications for the economy could be overwhelming. Imagine the economy writing off $1.5 trillion worth of debt. Yikes. Yeah, that's, that's just going to be something that 
you know, it's probably not going to happen, but certainly an issue that needs to be addressed. But think about it. We've, we've mentioned this before. College debt isn't an issue just restricted to the millennials coming out of school right now. The number of people 60 and older with education-related loan debt has quadrupled in the last 10 years, up to over $2.8 million. Now, in 2015, consumers, $2.8 billion, sorry. In 2015, the consumers over age 60 owed $66.7 billion in student loans. Oh. This this demographic, think about it, this is age 60 and older. This demographic represents the fastest growing age segment of student loan borrowers, according to the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau. Now, not all seniors are taking out student loan debt to fund their own education. Many have student loans because they're helping finance their children and grandchildren's education. The Consumer Protection Finance Board estimates that over 57% of the co-signers on these student loans are age 55 and older. Wow. I mean, this all sounds a little scary, Rob uh, and Lori. Uh, Now, as scary as it sounds, though, getting a college education, getting a degree is still a good thing, right? I mean, we still need to educate ourselves. Well, Tony, you know, a four-year college degree isn't for everyone. There are a number of well-paying career fields that can be pursued with vocational technical education or a two-year associate's degree. But yes, getting a college degree is still a good thing in spite of the costs. You know, the Georgetown Center on Education and the Workforce estimates that 65% of all of the jobs in the American economy will require post-secondary education of some sort by the year 2020. And based on the increased educational requirements for jobs and increasing, increasing tuition amounts, it's likely that student loan debt will continue to increase unless state or federal policies are created to provide additional funding for students. Well, it sounds like this problem isn't going to go away anytime soon. It's just going to continue to grow, and that's not very comforting. Uh, and uh, after all, the money is significant. I mean, we're talking about a lot of money, and kids are too young in high school to fully comprehend uh, the financial aspect of all this, I think, that at college is going to present for them. But parents, I think, are are well aware, at least speaking for myself, and very concerned that most parents want to help their kids. But at what cost to their own financial well-being and their retirement, right? I mean, this affects my retirement funds. It can. Well, it certainly can, Tony. And here at Outlook Financial Center, all too often we see parents who have rated their retirement plans and or not properly funded their retirement in favor of paying for their children's college education. Think about this for a moment. You can borrow for college, but you can't borrow for retirement. Now, we're going to talk about how to do both. Help pay for college while continuing to fund your retirement. But let's go back to an even more fundamental question. Should parents even pay for college? How much can you afford to pay toward your children's college education? You know, whether you decide to take on the entire financial responsibility or split the cost with your child, first thing you need to do is answer these questions to determine if you should be paying for college. And that first question is going to be, will you put your retirement at risk? Your child can always borrow to pay for college, but you can't borrow for your retirement, as Rob stated. So make sure you're on track to save enough money for your retirement. Uh, The next question is going to be, do you have any other debts to pay off? Um, If you're deep in credit card debt or have other high interest debt, you shouldn't add to your burden. Can you afford the payments? 
add the tuition or loan payments that you'd make to your existing debts to make sure that you can fit both of them into your budget before you take that step. And, you know, another question would be, will you have an emergency cushion for yourself? You don't want to choose between fixing the car and paying a student loan bill if, if, you, if that comes down to it. And can you accept the risk? Taking on a parent loan could jeopardize your credit or ability to borrow for something else. Co-signing also leaves you on the hook for your child's behavior. All too many times we hear about people, they go off, go to college, and, you know, they may not make that some of the best choices in that first year or two because of, you know, some of their behavior uh, things that take place. Yeah, and this is good to know. It's good information to have. A little scary, <laughs> but good. Mm-hmm. And I want to I want to add something, a uh, comment uh, on your comment that you can help pay for college while saving for retirement, but uh, that's going to have to wait until the next segment. Uh, we do have a break coming up. Is there anything you want to share before we go on a break? Well, Tony, what you don't know about college funding process could cost you thousands of dollars in tuition and potentially burden your student with excess amount of student loans and the parent too. So let's think about this. Everybody looks to the financial aid officers at these colleges. Just recognize they work for the college, not for you. Their objective is to get the best student possible and have mom and dad pay the most possible. But you don't have to do that alone. You need a financial professional with the experience and advanced training in college funding to guide you through this phase of life. So visit our website at outlookfc.com or go to our Facebook page, Outlook Financial Center, or give us a call at 937-552-9990. We want to give you a complimentary college funding survival kit. And as part of this offer, we we invite you to schedule a one-hour, no-cost, no-obligation consultation. We'll go over the kit, answer questions that you may have. Just understand that choosing to work with the professionals here at Outlook Financial Center, we're going to help you reach the milestones along the way that you want for providing for your family, college educations for your children, your retirement, and your financial legacy. Do you feel like you need help navigating your retirement? Retirement can be scary, but it doesn't have to be. With our Retirement Income Toolkit, you can get the information you need to help secure your retirement. This toolkit provides valuable information on income planning, asset allocation, tax planning, legacy planning, and more. Receive your Retirement Toolkit from Outlook Financial Center by visiting outlookfc.com or calling us at 937-552-9990. Welcome back to Financial Wellness Radio. I'm Lori Gross from the Outlook Financial Center here in beautiful Troy, Ohio. And I'd like to thank everyone for listening to us live on our podcast or streaming on Troy Community Radio, WTJN 107.1 FM. In the studio with me today is our CEO, Rob Burnett, and our co-host, Tony Shore. And this week we're talking about college planning landmines, the high cost of paying back the high cost of college. So in the first segment of the show... We were discussing student loan debt and the impact on the financial well-being of parents that help their children with college expenses. Yeah, it's been a good one so far. Thanks for the recap. Uh, There's so much to do to plan for college, especially if you want to be effective. And I know money isn't everything, but it's the elephant in the room uh, in this topic anyway. So how do we balance uh, the desire to help our kids uh, and pay for college while saving for our own retirement. I mean, that's what I get hung up on. Absolutely, Tony. And, and that balance is critical for everyone's financial and mental health, because as you can probably relate, the process makes you a little nuts. So here's some ideas, uh, three in particular that we use with our clients. 
First, you've got to have a realistic expectation and not let high hopes and emotions rule the day. After all, these top-tier colleges don't come cheap, many of them costing over $60,000 per year for tuition, room, board, and fees. Uh, we've got some that are uh, north of $80,000 on the list that names people would recognize. And while many students are able to find financial aid packages, grants, student loans, and other supplements for a pricey education, not everyone can take advantage of those opportunities. So parents have to be honest and realistic with their kids during the application process about how much they're going to spend on college. Parents need to encourage their kids to investigate all options, including in-state schools, which likely will cost a fraction of a private college, which can save significantly on the cost of a bachelor's degree. To make student loan debt more manageable after graduation, our financial thumb rule is to take on no more student loan debt than 50% of your first year starting salary. So if your first year salary is 50 grand, you won't take on more than 25. That's simple. Yep. And second, you know, you can borrow for college, but not for retirement. So cashing in your 401k or taking a home equity line of credit on your house to pay for college may seem like a good idea at the time, especially if your kid gets into a dream school that you simply cannot afford, but don't do it. Any wise financial advisor will tell you that using your retirement nest egg, whether it's the value of your home, of, of years of savings, to pay for college is a big mistake. And here's a few reasons why. Uh, there's no guarantee that your child's going to finish college, in which case you'll have to spend your savings and not even get a degree out of it. Your child can borrow money to pay for college, but there's no retirement loan for you to apply for when it comes time for you to stop working. So always think about that aspect of it. And and while you would like to believe that your child will help you financially as you get older, if you pay for his or her education, you can't predict what the future is going to bring. Well, and in, in last week's show, we suggested parents consider hiring a college coach that can help you walk through the academic, social, and financial aspects of college planning. College planning that is coordinated with your retirement plan is an area of expertise at Outlook Financial Center, and we're here to help you with those things. Yeah, I'm glad you guys are offering this service and are so knowledgeable on this because uh, you can get deep in the weeds and there are ways to really save a lot of money and get a lot of money coming in to help with college uh, that doesn't have to come out of your own pocket or your retirement funds. These are great insights. Uh, I think we all want to help our kids, but we can go overboard. It's just something parents do. And you're right about not letting our emotions rule the day. I like that point as well. Absolutely, Tony, because emotions, uh, deviation from the plan for college and retirements, combined with unrealistic expectations and 2020 hindsight, that's going to lead to some uncomfortable conversations. Uh, here's a particular scenario that I've faced, and it's not the first time I've seen it. Parents will pay for their kids' college, and then they'll continue giving their kids money for two or three years after college. I don't Yikes. understand that. And sometimes they're doing this even after they've retired. Don't make, that doesn't make any sense to me either, because no. that was not part of the plan. So now they've got a damaged retirement portfolio based on their own failure to follow the plan, but... I'm the bad guy because the investments didn't fully make up for their deviation and continue to grow as if they had stayed on plan. I love that position of being because that's just a recipe for disaster. <laughs> yeah, I can't predict the markets and I can't make them follow their plan. That's one of the sad things I experienced in this work, watching clients put themselves in a bad position and then believe they have to take higher risks than they should to try to catch up and make up for it. So what are some ideas and strategies that you use to help 
students and parents navigate this college funding minefield, as it were? That's a great question, Tony. Uh, there are a couple of financial savings vehicles we like to use to help pay the college bill when it comes due. While the parents and students are contributing to those plans, we encourage the students to work and to take student loans as needed. Now, it's not just any student loan. The ones we recommend for the students are the ones that bear no interest until six months after graduation. The strategy is to have the parents and students make lump sum payments from their saving plans before the interest starts to accrue. So essentially that strategy uses other people's money interest free until after graduation. So, but what if the bill due then exceeds our savings? Well, that's another great question, Tony. You are on a roll today. Um, the answer goes back to the selection of the college with its costs identified. Your overall financial aid package and that planning thumb rule to not have more than 50% of your first year starting salary after graduation uh, be your ongoing college debt. So let's take a look at a couple of saving strategies that are available. First one is a 529 college savings plan. Now, these are plans invested in the market and subject to market risk. Um, so your, your investments um, are exposed to uh, that market risk. They're popular and each state has a plan that's available to anyone and the money can be spent at any eligible college. And, and if you use the plan from your state, there, there may be some tax benefits to you as well. Um, the second one is a prepaid tuition plan. These plans allow you to lock in a lower rate of tuition when the child is young, is younger than what you would experience when the child actually goes to college. So the, the schools you could use these plans on are typically limited to schools in your state. So in, in some states, the financials of these plans are strong and can be limited or, or terminated by the state legislators, legislatures as well. Yeah, that's an interesting thing that people don't realize on those prepaid college plans. It's entirely up to the state legislatures in many cases whether they even go on and continue. You're not going to lose your money, but that price you thought you were going to get could go away. So be careful when you sign up for one of those. But my favorite for parents, if you can qualify, is to use life insurance as the savings vehicle in addition to a 529 college savings plan. They both have a role in this process. So let's be clear. The primary reason for having life insurance is for the death benefit. That's its main purpose. However, cash value life insurance has living benefits as well, and that's what we want to tap into here. The cash value accumulation can be used for paying that lump sum that we talked about when the student graduates. And here's why I like that vehicle for parents. The cash value first is not counted as an asset in the federal financial aid calculations for FAFSA. So that's going to improve your opportunity to get financial aid. Unlike a 529 plan, it's not invested in the market and not subject to market loss due to market downturns. And depending on the specific contract chosen, because there's more than one way you can do this, the cash value can grow through either an interest credit declared by the issuing insurance company, or there are other contracts that have their interest credit based on a market index. You share in the upside of the market, but you don't participate in the downside. In both cases, once the interest is credited and paid, you can't lose it due to market downturns. And in Ohio and in many other states, the cash value is protected from creditors' claims. So if you don't live in Ohio, that's something you'd want to have your financial advisor look into because if you got into an automobile accident or whatever and somebody tried to sue you for everything you had, this would not be part of the lawsuit. It's protected. Good to know. I, I like this. These are all practical things that us as parents can do as a part of an overall financial plan. I'm sure some parents 
are late to the college planning game, jumping in with a lot of hope and high expectations that their student is going to get a lot of scholarships. Uh, and folks who started early are going to be much better prepared uh, to go into the late stages of uh, college planning. Now, what tips can you give us as we head down the home stretch then? Well, Tony, in addition to what we've already talked about, there are tax implications and benefits to properly constructed college plans. There's always a tax hit or a benefit, in this case, a benefit. For example, the American Opportunity Tax Credit can provide up to $10,000 toward the cost of college, $2,500 a year for four years per child. If you can't take the credit yourself, think about that. You can actually use this on yourself if you're going to college to meet the requirements. If you can't take the credit yourself, find out if your child qualifies. But your tax plan should go beyond just the American Opportunity Tax Credit. Consider the tax benefits of shifting appreciated assets, such as stocks, to your child. Your child can potentially sell all the assets in his or her name and pay taxes at a lower rate. Uh, now, there is a, such a thing as a kitty tax. you got to make sure you don't run afoul of those rules, and you want to make sure that doesn't impact your eligibility for financial aid. But it's something to consider and should be part of your plan. So when executing that college plan, it's crucial to know in advance how your tax strategies will impact your financial aid. Doing so is going to ensure you're optimizing your tax dollars and your financial aid rewards. Well, you guys are so on top of this. Unfortunately, we're out of time for this week's show. Is there any additional information you want to share with us before we go today? Tony, I hope our college planning conversation today was educational, provided some answers to questions listeners were wondering about but hadn't asked yet. We don't know if you what you don't know about the whole college funding process uh, can be expensive to you, can cost you thousands of dollars and missed opportunities. Just remember that college financial aid officer, they're an important part of the whole process. They can be your advocate at the university, but they work for the university, not for you. So just make sure they've got that divided loyalty. So they want to get the best student possible at the lowest, at the highest possible payment from the parents. You don't have to do this alone. You want to get the best college possible and pay the least amount. That's what parents want. And you need a financial professional like the ones here at Outlook Financial Center. We can get you on that path, get the students doing what they need to be doing, get the parents set up with their financials in a, in a manner such that they can get the best college experience at the most affordable price. So as part of this, give us a call at 937-552-9990 or go to our website at outlookfc.com and ask for our complimentary college funding survival kit. While you're at it, ask for that one hour, no cost, no obligation consultation. We'll walk you through the kit, answer your questions, because at the end of the day, we want that college experience to be positive, successful, and everybody at the end of the day, your retirement's still intact. That's the key right there. I, that concludes our time, though, for today's episode of Financial Wellness Radio with our hosts, Rob Burnett and Lori Gross, and myself, your co-host, Tony Schwartz. Thank you for listening to Financial Wellness Radio. Don't pay too much for taxes or retire without a sound retirement plan. For more information, please contact Rob Burnett or Lori Gross at Outlook Financial Center. Call 937-552-9990 or visit their website at outlookfc.com.
Fee-based financial planning and investment advisory services are offered by Wellness Investment Advisors, LLC, a registered investment advisor in the state of Ohio. Insurance products and services are offered through Outlook Financial Center, LLC. Wellness Investment Advisors, LLC and Outlook Financial Center, LLC are affiliated companies. Rob Burnett and Outlook Financial Center are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency. All matters discussed during this show are for informational purposes only. Each individual situation may vary and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation.